0: what's up coastline how y'all doing this morning yeah everybody having a good weekend so far man we're having some absolutely terrible florida winter weather here in the month of february aren't we oh my goodness it was like 80 degrees or something like that on friday like if i had a i'm telling you what if i had a dollar for every boat out on the water here in new smyrna beach over this past couple days like we'd build a church tomorrow it'd be no no problem whatsoever but uh you guys been able to go out and enjoy the beautiful weather this past week? Anybody? Or or have you just been stuck working? Raise your hand if you've been stuck working. Hey, it's Sunday. Don't be working today, okay? Go spend some time uh, out in the sun. Have a good nap. Uh, with that, I'm sure there's some people watching from the beach even right now, or maybe you're on your boat or wherever you're at. I want to welcome you. Thanks for tuning in and checking us out um, and uh, doing church online. It's a beautiful, beautiful Sunday here in New Smyrna Beach. I love where God allows us to do life and do church and continue to live out this, this adventure that he's called us to. Amen? I'm excited to be back today because uh, last week I actually had uh, the first weekend of uh, and, and since the new year that, we've, that I've been able to take off. Uh, and, uh, and so Erica and I took the weekend off. We weren't here at church at all. We were playing hooky. I know that's terrible. It's all right. Don't act like you guys don't do it too. Um, <laughs> but uh, we actually went out and uh, spent the weekend at the races. We went to, uh, Erica and I are big NASCAR fans, so we went to the Daytona 500, watched a bunch of guys turn left for hours on end. It was great. We got sunburned real bad saw lots of over-beveraged folks uh and that was fun for people if i could be a professional people watcher like that's the place you want to go i'm gonna tell you right now the, the the type of style and fashion that people have those are my people for sure um but yeah i'm i uh excited for uh, this week i'm also thankful uh for all the people that helped out last week last week we did worship weekend here at Coastline. And I know Kayla, uh, you did a fantastic job leading us in that, put in a bunch of hours to make that happen. TJ helped out a little bit. Um, I'm just kidding, TJ helped out a lot. Uh, also, I want to thank Terry. Where are you at, Terry? I don't see, he's way in the back. So you were here on stage last week, so you're sitting in the back row this week. Uh, but thanks for all you did in leading us in communion. Uh, it was a great, great weekend from what I, everything I've heard. Um, I'm just super thankful for like the coastline crew that we have. Like I'm um, the fact that Eric and I, you know, we can go away on a weekend and like we come back and we're like, we honestly wish that we had been here. Cause it sounds like it was more fun than what we did. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. That's a testament to how great of a crew that we have. So thank you guys so much for all the work that you put in last week. Uh, and for all of our coastline crew, it really is, uh, really is a big deal. I'm also excited because today we're starting a brand new series, a brand new collection of talks. We're talking about uh, a guy in the Bible by the name of Elijah. How many of you guys have ever heard of this guy, Elijah? A couple people have. This is something that is kind of uh, different than what we normally do here on a Sunday. Uh, Typically, uh, most Sundays, uh, you're actually going to hear me speak a lot out of... Uh, the New Testament. It's been it's been actually a pretty long time since I w- went back into the Old Testament, and so uh, today I'm excited. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to listen uh, or going to read stories about this guy Elijah and how God used him in a big way, uh, and hopefully glean some things and and get some things, learn some things uh, from his life and what God did in him that we can apply to our own lives in changing the world that God has called us to. Uh, and so uh, I hope it blesses you. My prayers is going to be that God. Uh, Uh, God allows us to focus on this and get exactly what he wants us to get out of it. And so with that, if you're all right with it, let's pray. We'll jump into it. Heavenly Father, you know exactly what's going on in our lives. You know the struggles that we're facing. You know the frustrations that we have. Uh, You know the fight it was to even just get here this morning. God, you know the worries and stresses that we have going into tomorrow and the beginning of the week. With all the details and understanding that you have in our lives, I pray that in this moment that you would focus our hearts and our minds on you. That you would show us exactly what we need to see. That you would that as we look into your word, as we read about your prophet Elijah and how you used him and how you challenged him and changed him. I pray that that we would be able to receive the same. I pray you give me uh, better words than what my vocabulary would allow. I pray that you'd allow me to remember things maybe I hadn't even studied. And God, I pray that you would have your way here this morning. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Hey, I want to do something real. This is going to be real weird before we jump into this. Do me a favor. For the next, like, 30 seconds, stand up and maybe, like, high five or handshake someone around you. We're just going to do an old-fashioned, like, kind of hang out connect time. Get to know some people you got. If you're into hugging, you can hug, but don't feel, you know, I know people are weird about hugging. You don't have to hug everybody, but just meet some people. All right, so we're talking about Elijah. Elijah uh, uh, was someone that we read about in the Old Testament. And when I was was I was doing some studying this past week, I, I remembered that a lot of times when we look at the Bible, people get a little intimidated by it. Right? You get this. This huge book that's got thousands of pages and like you don't know where to start, you don't know where to continue, you don't know the context. And So so even for myself as someone that preaches a lot uh, out, of, out of the New Testament, I wanted to make sure that I understood the context for what we're going to talk about here today. And so uh, if, if you don't know, I want to let you know a little bit about the context of, of how we're getting to uh, this, this story about Elijah. His story is in the book of 1 Kings. Uh, in the Old Testament, there's, there's two kings. There's 1st Kings and 2nd Kings, and they were written together. They're in this the, the, the front part of your Bible, which is considered the Old Testament. The Bible split up into to two different parts, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Uh, these, this, these, this whole compilation of books called the Bible is actually like 66 books. It was written by many, many authors over hundreds of years. And we put them all together in this thing that we call the Bible. As it's split into these two sections, it's, already, it's also split up in these two sections by uh, the different themes and different ideas of, of what they're communicated about. And so the first five books of the Bible, which are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they're considered the Torah. This is the the, the, the books of law that they come first. This, these are the books that even in Jesus' time, uh, the the, the the elementary school age kids and middle school kids would have learned. They would have gone to school to learn and understand what the law says. After that comes the books of history. And so that's kind of where we find ourselves uh, in the book of Kings, which is uh, going to primarily talk about the time after King David. How many of you guys have heard of David and Goliath? A couple people have. So David and Goliath Uh, David would then go on to become king over all of Israel. He would have been one of Israel's best kings. And when it comes to the book of Kings, it follows his son after that, King Solomon, as well as many kings to come. And so we pick up here in the book of 1 Kings... Um, that we hear about Solomon Solomon was uh, a very wise king. he came after King David, he asked God uh, for one thing and that was uh, wisdom and the understanding to interpret it and as he as he built the temple, the place where the Holy Spirit of God would would dwell as he as he accumulated all this wealth and became one of the strongest uh, kings in all of israel 's history, he ended it very poorly because what he did is he as he started to accumulate all this wealth and bring everything that he thought that he would have needed, he started to bring in uh, many, many wives from different nations. And as these wives came in, they brought in the gods that they served, and Solomon started to shift gears and also worship these other idols and worship these other gods. And unfortunately, as he started off as a very strong leader, he didn't end very very well. And it's a reminder to me uh, of what Paul talks to us about in, uh, or about what's written in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, you've heard me talk about in the past, says that we shouldn't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform us into a new person by changing the way that we think. Then we will learn to know God's will for you and I, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so we see very clear that Solomon goes and he starts following the patterns of the world, of the people around him, and takes him off course of what God's intention was for Israel. And so after that, you go, you have something like uh, 20 different kings, or more than 20 different kings that come after King Solomon. And and, and you would hope that they would continue to pursue what God wants them to do as, as leaders over the Israel, Israelite nation, but they don't. They continue to pursue other gods. They continue to pursue selfishness. They continue to do evil. And it's to a point where God has got to send someone to help and adjust. He's got to send someone that will, that will kind of change and, and help them change their thoughts and their ways. Maybe bring them back to the path that he, had, he wants them to be. Because you think the Israelite nation, like what God's people, what, he, what God wanted for his people was that they would be a nation of nations. That they, you know, he, he made these promises to Abraham years and years and years ago that they would be one of the most powerful nations in all the world. But as these kings are continuing to pursue what they want, it takes the nation completely off track. You know, I'm reminded, though, that sometimes even in our own lives we we can get wrapped up in this idea that whoever leads our nation or whoever uh, it leads our county or whatever that that at some point we can get wrapped up in fear of which way they're going maybe we don't agree with a current president or a past president or, or past presidents being before that but ultimately we're going to see that as Elijah continues to be faithful and trust God that God uses him in a big way. God continues to use him, even today as we talk about him, to adjust the world that we live in. I'm reminded that, that sometimes we think that we're just on our own. Sometimes we think we don't have the ability to change anything. But the truth is, with the Holy Spirit of God, he can move in us in just anything in our lives. So Elijah comes on. Elijah is referred to and known as A prophet. Now, when we say the word prophet, a lot of people think like this guy is going to be a fortune teller, right? Or this is this is going to be a guy that's going to, you know, I'm going to put out my palm and he's going to like read my palm and know exactly know exactly what's what's going to happen in my life. That's not what prophets were in these days. Uh, Prophets were a lot more like spokesmen of God. You know, I I I made a joke a couple weeks back. There's the uh, person who talks to all the uh, the press, the press secretary for the president. Prophets were a lot like the press secretary. They were saying, like, hey, God has told us this, and this is what needs to happen. This is, this is where we've kind of gotten off path. And so Elijah comes along as the prophet of God, and he, he tries to help and adjust them along the way. During his time, as he starts off of being the prophet, he's uh, the king over all the land, is this man known as Ahab. And Ahab had a wife. Her name was Jezebel. And of all the the 20 kings that came before them, leading up all the way up to King Solomon, Ahab and Jezebel were the absolutely most, most wicked. They were to the point where they were uh, bringing in idols into temples and stuff of of, uh, a god known as Baal. And And between Baal and these other gods, they were actually convincing people To bring their children before these false gods and to sacrifice them. That was just the tip of of the very wicked, most wicked things that they were allowing to happen in the kingdom. And so God tells Elijah, I need you to go and talk to Ahab. I need you to, to help adjust his way of thinking a little bit. And so we pick it up in 1 Kings chapter 7 verse 1. It says, now Elijah who was from Tishbe in Gilead told king Ahab as surely as the lord as surely as the lord the god of Israel lives the god i serve there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until i give the word elijah goes to the king ahab and he says i'm going to tell you that that because of what's happened there's going to be a drought there's gonna be a drought that comes along the, upon the land. And for some of us, you know, immediately we don't think like, well, that's not really that's not really a big deal. You know, if we didn't get a rain for, you know, a couple months or whatever, it wouldn't be huge. But you got to think back in that time, not having rain, going through a drought, this this was a very big deal. Because one, that that's how you got your crops to grow. Part of the rain was how and when it was collected, and then the streams that it was collected in is how your livestock would grow. Literally everything in the entire world was, was based off of making sure that there was enough water for everyone to drink and for things to grow. And so here he says, he says, hey, there's not going to be any more water, period. So a lot of us think like, oh, that would be a little bit tough, you know. Kinda, we're kind of going through, uh, you know, what do they call it? There's like inflation going on in the world right now where, where gas prices are up a little bit higher, price of eggs is like through the roof. You people that got chickens, man, you guys are like drug lords now, right? You got so many eggs, you just, you know, going to the farmer's market and crazy rolling in your bends. But, but this isn't like an inflation type situation. This isn't like a recession type situation. This is what they're describing as more like a great depression or worse type situation. Like, in this, in this, type, in this situation, people are, going to, people are going to die because it gets so bad. And so Elijah, he tries to help adjust them. He, tries, he tells them, hey, this is, this is going to happen. And you would think that as he gives this warning, as he says what's going to happen, that he would stick around and say, hey, these are the changes that you need to make. But what we see happen next... Is different he actually is called to go away and so in verse 2 of chapter 17 it says then the Lord said to Elijah go to the east and hide by Kareth by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you for I have commanded them to bring you food so we see, rather than Elijah staying in the kingdom and continuing to talk to Ahab, God calls him away. And when I read it, I was like, man, it seems like, that doesn't seem like the right time to do it. It seems like, wait, we need to get a plan together. We've got, we've got some things that are happening. We've got to start making some changes. But God calls him away for a minute. And as I did more research and looked into it, I realized it was because not only did God want to do something in the land... He also wanted to do something in Elijah. He wanted to make some adjustments in him first. He wanted to cause some change to happen in him. If you, if you look into the meaning of, of the word careth, whereas this is the, the place in which uh, Elijah went to during this drought, during the beginning of this drought, um, the, the word Kereth is used to describe uh, cutting off or, or to cut, to separate. For, for some of you, you might understand this as, as to prune. We're in a time where, as, as we're getting close to spring, it's, it's weird plants don't know what to do right now. It's so warm, but it's still supposed to be winter. But if you notice, in, when it comes to gardening and stuff, sometimes when you prune things, when you, take, when you take the dead bits off, it gives opportunity for new growth to happen, for things to, for things to change. And so God pulls Elijah away kind of start cutting some things off of him now this still would have been pretty uncomfortable to go through because you think even as Elijah if God's calling you to go to a a a different place this is one of those things where it's like well I I don't have food to prepare I can't take anything with me There's there's a whole lot of reliance on God when it comes to this not just for what's next but for survival I think that's exactly what God wanted him to feel. I I think sometimes that's what God is is wanting us to understand. Is that when it comes to the day-to-day operation, when it comes to us doing life, taking kids to school, putting dinner on the on the on the on the counter, he wants us to understand that he wants to have a part in it. He wants us to understand that like part of the opportunity we have in, in our jobs and the way we work and the way we uh supply for our needs is because he's allowed it to happen because he's helping to navigate our lives and sometimes we get to the point where we're like man I just feel I feel like things aren't going right right now I feel like there's things being cut off me there's I feel like there's you know maybe maybe this relationship is not going right or this job's not going right or something's not happening right I feel like a lot of times maybe it's we're looking at ourselves or we're looking at the the world around us and saying something's got to change. And God's saying the whole time, he's like, no, no, no. I'm doing this because I I need you to change. It's not not the, I don't need you to change where you are. I need you to adjust something in you. I need our relationship to to become closer. I need something to adjust because I'm going to use you for something bigger than what you can do on your own right now. Elijah didn't know what was going to happen next. He didn't know how God was going to use him. So in the moment, he just had to fully rely and trust on him. So in verse 5, it says that Elijah did as God told him. He camped besides Kareth Brook, east of the Jordan. It says that the ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening. And he drank from the brook. I couldn't help but think, like, as as I picture this, uh, remember back to uh, even in the book of Exodus in which God is pulling the Israelites out of Egypt and they're going through the wilderness. They don't know what they're going to eat. And God provides manna on the ground. It's this thing that they can collect and eat that day, but doesn't last for the next day. It's only in that moment. Here, he does the same thing with Elijah. He says, hey, I want you to understand. I'm going to provide for you Today, nothing else can, as good as I can, continue to have faith and trust in me. I said, but after a while, I said, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. And so Elijah, I'm assuming at some point, he's starting to get comfortable. Things are starting to go okay, because he's got these ravens they are continuing to provide him with food that he needs. Everything's working out the way it needs to work out. But then all of a sudden, the brook dries up. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering as I'm reading this, I'm like, man, it's kind of tough. He's already going through a pretty hard situation. Sometimes we have the same experience in our own life. Life is already tough as it is, and then, and then something happens. You're like, man, why does it kind of feel like I'm being I'm kicked while I'm already down? I think in Elijah's case specifically, God's using this as an opportunity to say, like, hey, like, you trust in me. This is working out well. But I need to get you out of your comfort zone to push you to what's next. So some of us, we go and someone walks out of our lives or our job gets to the point where it's not working out and we have a tough conversation with our boss or we have a tough conversation with someone that we're employing and it hits us. We're like, man, why... This is tough to go through. But sometimes we need to think, maybe God's allowing this to happen. Maybe God's allowing the discomfort to happen so that that we'll continue to move and pursue the challenge that he's calling us to, the thing that's next for for us. And so in verse 8, it says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon.'" I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and he arrived at the gates of the village. He saw a widow gathering sticks and asked her, Would you please bring me a little water and a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her. He said, Bring me a bite of bread, too. Now, uh, as as I'm reading this, the, the the heartfelt person inside of me says like well man the like why is Elijah asking this widow for something that is hard to obtain why is this why is the, why is Elijah asking this widow for for something that that would have been very valuable at the time in the in the time of depression he's asking her for for water and he's asking her for for bread and, and I realize that. Even in that tension of, of asking someone that doesn't already have a, have a whole lot, Elijah did it because he was being obedient to what God said. Because God told him, he's like, I want you to go here and, and I've got this figured out for you. I need you to take this next step. Sometimes, you know, when it comes to the kingdom and what God has for you and what God wants you to do next, it might not make sense at first. The thing that you're asking or the the next step you're taking might not make sense to the people around you a whole lot. But to continue to have faith and continue to pursue what he's called you to is always the best step. So, Elisha has faith. He asks her for this this thing that's very valuable. And she identifies that this is is a big ask because in, in, in the next verse it says that uh, said she said, "I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. She says, i'm I'm going to level with you. like I don't I don't have a whole lot. There's not There's not much much for me to give. This is literally, this is our last meal. We're at our the end of our rope when it comes to this thing that we're going through. Elijah hears this; he knows it. He also understands what God has asked him. I, I think, I think when it comes to to us having faith, us trusting in God, us saying, you know what, I'm I'm a follower of Christ. I'm going to do whatever God asks me to do. I know his way is the best way. That that sounds good coming out of our mouths. But the way it is tested, the way it, the nitty hits the gritty and the rubber hits the road is, is faith is tested by obedience. If God asks you to do something, are are you really are you really going to do it? I feel like God's testing me right now with uh, my kids. Um, I've got a uh, six year old and an eight year old. Is that right? Six and eight, yeah. Six and eight. The eight year old might as well be 18. I don't know, man. I don't know how many times you can tell someone they've got to clean their room before you lose your mind. I'm testing the theory. I don't know. It's, I mean, it could be like you got to go clean your room. You got to clean your room. You got to clean your room. It gets to a point where it's like, like, baby, stop. Look at me in the eyes. Stop playing with your scooter in the house. Stop bouncing whatever you're bouncing around, across the ceiling. I need you to go clean your room. Okay. And still the room doesn't get cleaned. Until the point where I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, we don't, we don't got to talk about it. Just what matters is you going and doing it. You taking, You taking the next step in obedience. I think for us it's, we can come to church and we can punch your church card and we feel good about it. But what really matters is when God tells us to to help out the widow or to help out the person that's working next to us. Or to call someone up that we don't want to call up and, and forgive them and give them an encouraging word. What when faith really matters is when we're going to be obedient and do what God tells us to do. Because it might not make a whole lot of sense. It didn't make sense to me as a man today, like, why would Elijah be asking the single mom with a kid, like, give me the last of what you have? That's very, that's very takey. It's kind of, even tying this into, like, uh, worshiping through tithes and offerings, it's one of those things where it's like, people are like, I don't know how to do that because it's like, you're asking for something that's valuable to me. I got to feed my family. I got to do, I got to do this. And God's saying, like, you don't, you don't know what's going to come next. I just want to see. If, if when you say you're going to be faithful, are you going to be obedient with it as well? In the next verse, in verse 13, says, but Elijah said to her, he said, he said, don't be afraid. When it comes to what God's calling you to do, that next step, whether it's taking a step in, in serving on the greeting team, Like, man, I gotta meet people then. That's kind of that can be kind of scary. People can be weird. Don't be afraid. When it comes to tithing for the first time, dude, I got a car payment, I got inflation, I gotta go buy eggs after this. Don't be afraid. Because in the midst of this, I, I realized even back then, God did not want anything from This woman, he wanted something for her. He needed her to get something, to understand the way that he works. Sometimes we get stuck in the pattern of this world of how the world works around us, and we forget that God's word, the kingdom of God, doesn't work like this. We gotta have faith. We gotta trust, we gotta be obedient, we gotta take that step of action in our faith. Don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what is left to prepare the meal for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord says. The God of Israel says there will always be flour and oil left in the containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days, There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. The Lord did a miracle through someone who was being obedient. And it changed a family forever. The miracle happened where as she scooped out that last bit of flour and that last bit of oil to make bread for them to eat for them to survive when the next day came she looks back into the container and it's there happens to be more flour and more oil it doesn't make sense because the world we live in that doesn't happen but the kingdom of God doesn't operate in the same, inside the same rules that the world does so I want to challenge you that when it comes to you having faith, it's easy to say it. What matters most is being obedient and doing what he's calling you to do. To take the next, to take the next step. Because if you'll do it, if you'll, it, it might not make a whole lot of sense, but he's going to show up. I realized when it came to this family, bread and, and oil or flour and oil, it was, it was a big ask, but it wasn't as big as what was going to happen next. Bob talks about how the woman came to Elijah and said, after all this, my son has gotten ill and sick and now he has passed away and he's dead. Elijah tells her to bring him to him and he takes the boy and goes to the upper room and he seeks God and as he's praying, he's interceding as he's having this moment at some point the Holy Spirit does another miracle through him and in the midst of the boy who's already been dead and gone something that never happened before happens and God allows the boy to be healed and come back to life. When the woman, she goes to Elijah and she says, now I know for sure that you're a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. That's, that's a huge thing, bigger than any man can do, something only God can do. But I realized at the end of that story as you see this incredibly huge miracle happen, that it started way back when God told Elijah, hey, I need you to just get away for a little bit. I, I, need, to, I need to prune some things and change some things in you. I need, I need to adjust a little bit in you. I need you to, to really strengthen your faith and be obedient with what I ask you to do. I want you to go over to this place and allow me to do it. Things might be a little bit tough, It might still get tougher still because at some point the brook that you're drinking from is gonna dry up and I'm gonna have you go and talk to someone and ask for something or do something that's hard for you to do. But as he continued to be obedient and be faithful and as the woman continued to trust and be faithful as she made choices not based off of what was going on in the world around her as she trusted in God, her life was changed forever. And I can't help but think that, that there's people in our lives that that we can be or should be the Elijah for. That God's trying to prep us and, and get us ready now for what's to come. But if we get hung up and stuck in like, well, it's just, it's uncomfortable, it doesn't make any sense, I don't... I don't know if I can take this next step because it's going to be, it's just going to be weird. It's going to be too uncomfortable for me to do. I don't know if I can be obedient in this area of my finances because it's like, man, I'm already stressed enough as it is. God's saying, I'm just trying to to work on you now because I got something bigger for you that's bigger than what you can handle on your own. And we got to work out this trust and faith issue now. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows every bit of it bigger than you do. I want to challenge you today to take a step of faith and trust in him. Not not just to say that you have faith, not to just mean it even in your heart, but to be obedient and put it into action. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you know every bit of what we're going through, and you know the steps we need to take. I pray that even in this moment that your Holy Spirit would communicate to us exactly the next move, out of what's comfortable to what you've called us to. I pray that even in this moment that you're already preparing our hearts and minds for the thing that you're going to do through us that's bigger than what we can do own ourselves. I thank you for it in advance. God, I pray that you would check our spirit, check our pride, check our emotions. Allow us to put our focus in you and you alone. No matter the drought that's coming or what we're going through now, I know that you're going to take care of us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.